You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black, editor and publisher of BC Bulletin as well. If you have not done so already, head on over to your favorite podcast directory, whether that's Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to Locked On Boston College. That way you're going to be getting all of your Boston College news in a daily 20 to 25-minute format. You can't beat it. I'm telling you, right now, we're going to make this podcast something special. We've already started doing that over the last two months. In today's episode, we have a few things planned. We're going to do a little bit of some interesting just tidbit things in the first part. It's not news because, honestly, Boston College, there hasn't been a lot of news the last day or so. So we're going to give go over two quick little notes. Uh, then we're going to go and preview the basketball game tonight against NC State. Ben's basketball gets back into the swing of things. We'll talk about that. In our final segment, we're going to go over number six, uh, number five and number six in our um, top ten list. Now, just as a programming note, on Friday, there will be no show. It's another holiday. It's New Year's Day, so we do not record a show. However, I'm going to make it up to you. On Wednesday evening, tomorrow tonight, I'm going to go live after the Boston College NC State game. It's another 8 o'clock start, so hopefully you guys will uh, have slept a little bit on vacation week and uh, be ready for that. But before we get into the NC State game, there was a few little tidbits I wanted to talk about, and here's what I, I want to go over. First of all, it's the end of the football season, and I have been using Pro Football Focus this year as a way to kind of gauge how some of the stat heads uh, view Boston College. And, and there's some interesting uh, end-of-the-year notes that I thought I wanted to present on how they viewed Boston College. So Pro Football Focus, if you have not paid attention, they're a, a website that does, you know, they they grade out everything, anything you can think of. So whether it's offense, defense, tackling, you know, rush rushing attacks, whatever. So Looking at the team ranking, so let's look at where Boston College is in passing. So passing, first of all, they rate a, a uh, 70.2, um, which is pretty decent, not great. And it's actually, um, it's actually, <laughs> this is why I, I, I love Pro Football Focus, because I, I, for me, none of this makes sense. It's lower than their rushing attack. Their rushing attack is rated higher than their passing attack. Um what? So there's one like, okay, that makes no sense. And then you look at their overall. Their overall is pretty good. They have a 78.2. That's that's right in the solid range. But when you look at their defense, that's where the struggles come. And I think most people can agree with a lot of this. Their tackling was awful. It was a 57.1, which is right above red. They had uh, pass coverage was their best part on defense. Um, I'm sorry, their pressure was their best part of defense. Their pass coverage was... Uh, significantly lower than that. And their worst part of their game all all over, according to Pro Football Focus, is their special teams. Again, you know, watching these games, I, I just wonder where they get these stats from. And Pro Football Focus, and this is not a bash on them, Pro Football Focus is supposedly like the gold standards in terms of evaluating games. So I thought it was really interesting. Special teams? You know, Aaron Bumeri, he kicked 80%. 
I thought Grant Carlson did a nice job, and you know the kick the kick returners were fine; they didn't do anything wrong. Um, so I, th you know, they were really, really low on that. So it was interesting that they got that. Now I wanted to also give you the top ten players and the bottom ten players, and see what you thought. So here they are. The number one player, no surprise, was Hunter Long, who scored at an 83.3. His passing score was very high. His pass block was very low, which is interesting. Number two, Dennis Grossell. Interesting that he's above um, Phil Dracovic, but he's there. I'm going to also weed out a few players, and I'll explain why. David Bailey is number three. I, I Again, I, 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 I look at Pro Football Focus, and I don't understand where they get these grades from. David Bailey had some nice spots during this year, but he scored a 76.9 on running and 66.7 in the pass attack and overall scored a 78.1. Now, the third best player above all those other players that we haven't even – above Zay Flowers? I, I don't know. Um, it just This is me just kind of curious where they got this from. Um, then we have Tyler Vrabel. Zion Johnson, Galani Galloway, Zay Flowers, Phil Dracovic. Sure. Can't argue with any of those. You know, I'm, I it's interesting where they put offensive linemen because all year long, all I heard was how great Alec, Alec Lindstrom was and how great Zion Johnson was. But to see Alec, Zion, Tyler Babel above all of them, that's interesting. And Galloway's ahead of Zay Flowers. I don't uh, – I get Zay Flowers got creamed for his his rushing – so apparently they didn't like how he ran the balls, and that kind of killed him because his passing grade was higher than um, everyone. Uh, it was like fourth or fifth on the team on that too, so that was interesting. Um, then you have Dracovic. Finn Durstein is number nine, but we're not going to count him or Ethan Williams because they both played limited snaps. Travis Levy is right there, and he got clobbered on pass blocking. He had a 21.8 out of 100. Now, I could tell you from watching some of those games that you could see when they were blitzing, he struggled. Um, but that was interesting as well. Now, let's look at the the, bo the bottom players, if you were just curious. The bottom regular players were Patrick Garwo was the bottom. Uh, Spencer Witter was below him. And then Ben Petrula and Jalen Gill were the bottom ones. Now, let's look at the defense. Let's look at what the defense has. If you were going to ask me before this who... I thought was the best defensive player, I would have said Deion Jones. But I would have been wrong because according to Pro Football Focus, the top player graded by them was Marcus Valdez. Now, I know Pro, Fo Pro Football Focus loves him because he was their top graded, one of their top graded returning defensive ends last year. And, you know, Valdez is a nice player, but I didn't see what they saw. Now, looking at the, he led the team in hurries. He had 26 hurries on the year. But... That's nice that he hurried, but how many of those guys escaped his hurry to run the ball? Uh, he had 19 stops, which are different than tackles on their list. He had two sacks. Now, he's higher than Josh DeBerry, who I thought was great. And number three stunned me, Mike Palmer. So he scored at a 73 out of 100, which is their third highest rated defensive player. But he also led the team in missed tackles with 11. I, I, this this grading system doesn't make sense to me because Deion Jones is four. Then it's Umuka, uh, Max Roberts, Ram, Elijah Jones. Brandon Sebastian is rated 14th out of everyone on this team. 14th for Brandon Sebastian, who is arguably one of their best def shutdown defenders. I've, 
Max Richardson 17 and Isaiah McDuffie is 24. So, you know, we talked about the statistics before with Pro Football Focus, but I just thought it was interesting to look at again um, at the end of the season to say, you know, look at what they're what they say that they're doing right and what they're actually doing. And it doesn't for me, it doesn't it doesn't line up. And I think that's kind of what my issue is. When we come back, I want to answer a question one of our readers has. But before we do, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Are you ready for some football? Well, there's only one place to place your bets, and that is betonline.ag. Right now, if you sign up at betonline.ag and use a promo code locked on, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. Now, there's tons of games to bet on. And what I'm, I'm going to be doing on betonline.ag is I'm going to be betting against BC basketball. And for tomorrow's game, tonight's game against NC State, the line, nine and a half. Now that seems to me like the way the Boston College has been playing against better teams, it could go either way. But I got a sneaking suspicion the Wolfpack are going to bring it to Boston College. So I'm going to go with the Wolfpack in this game. Now, if you are like this and want to make, make your bets, you got to head on over to betonline.ag. They have college football, NFL, NBA, they have everything right now and you can make your action on all of it. Now make sure you head on over and use that locked on code. So use locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. I want to tell you about the podcast Locked On Bets. Now if you haven't been following along, they are on a torrid streak right now. Now, betting on college football and college basketball doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to Lou Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. This is AJ Black again. I wanted to continue. I talked a little bit more than I would have liked about the statistics piece, but I want to talk to you about one question a reader had. They wanted to know, as someone covering the team, is it more is it easier to do now that Jeff Halfley is in charge of of basket, uh, football and Steve Adazio is out? Is it more enjoyable? And I have to say, it definitely is. For first of all, Halfley is a much more amicable guy, as you can tell. He's he's. He's friendly, and that as a reporter who asks some questions, you don't get the glares that you would get from Adazio. You don't get the nasty looks. You don't get the just like the real nasty feeling from him. Uh, Halfley is just a, a down to earth guy, so that piece is always good. But on top of that, obviously as a writer, people like reading positive things. They don't want to read, you know, look at basketball right now, right? Do people want to read what's happening in these games where BC's getting blown out by forty or they're just losing all the time? No. So I'm doing all this writing, and I know no one's reading it, and that, that stinks. Now, with football, they play a game like Clemson, and they, they're battling and battling. That makes my job so much easier, and it makes it much more enjoyable because people have a lot more to talk about other than just fire the coach because that was what it's been like the last couple of years with my writing. Like, hey, let's see what the reaction to my post is. Oh, fire Steve Adazio, which I, I get. Don't worry. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have said that. I'm just saying it's nice to see people saying, oh, you know, on this play, I liked what BC did here, but I would have done something different here. That is much more enjoyable. So I, it is, it's refreshing and it makes life easy. Now, I'm still in that delicate balance where I have football where everything's positive and I'm still writing about basketball and doing these podcasts and, and bringing up basketball when I know people don't really care. I've had so many people say to me, AJ, I'm glad you write that, but I'm not going to read it because I just don't care about college basketball right now because BC's terrible. 
And as I said earlier, I don't blame you. If I was a fan and my team was playing the way that they're playing, I wouldn't watch either. I mean, gosh, I'm a Patriots fan, and I'm not the first to complain about it because, gosh, you know, I <laughs> we went through one of the greatest dynasties of all time. But watching their team now is almost impossible to watch. So if I had the choice of watching a bad basketball team versus, you know, reading a book or, you know, picking up my PS5 or whatever, I don't have a PS5, but I'm just saying, um, I would choose the, the latter because, you know, you, you only have so much free time. Why waste it on something that's going to make you miserable? So football, it's nice. It's I like going to press conferences and talking to Jeff Halfley. He, I respect what he has to say. I think he's doing a great job with his team. And it, it makes it more enjoyable to write about him because I know people respect him and I think he's doing a great – They think the fans think he's doing a great job with the program. So it makes my job a lot easier. But thank you, the, um, the reader, El Palong Takaria, who uh, sent me that, that email. I appreciate that. Speaking of basketball, let's talk about basketball because the men's basketball team is back in action tonight against NC State. It's an 8 o'clock tip-off and it's going to be on the ACC Network. This game is at NC State. It's the first ACC road game for the Eagles. They have lost their first ACC game when they lost at home against Syracuse earlier this year. Um, and now they have to play NC State, who is 5-1, and one, and they're 1-0 and oh in the conference, beating UNC. So NC State is no joke, okay? You know, Boston College, they're going to have to battle for all of these wins. They're a 9.5-point underdog in this game, and I could see them losing by more than that. NC State is a good offensive team. They've averaged 81.3 points a game, and they take advantage of sloppy play. They have 11 steals a game this year, and that is, that's going to be a, a big issue for BC because NC State's defense is locked down. They have, they average, they have only let up 62 points a game. They let up 76 to UNC, but this is a team that can put a, a, a sloppy team like BC that, that has those stretches where they play really poorly and bury them. I don't think this is a good matchup at all for Boston College. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> there isn't many teams in the on the ACC schedule that I would say, oh, that's a good matchup for BC. But this one is going to be a real challenge for them. When you're looking at NC State, the talent, they ha- they're led by their uh, guard, Devon Daniels, who averages 17 points a game. You know, they've got good talent up and down this roster. You know, you look at what they can do, they have four players already in double figures averaging points in terms of, you know, per, points per game. Devon Daniels, Jericho Helms, Manny Bates, and Cam Hayes all have 10 points or more per game. They're a decent rebounding team. They don't have a huge rebounder, but Manny Bates averages 6.2 uh, per game. And in terms of three-point shooting, they're a little better than Boston College shooting 39% on the year. They don't have a real... A lot. They have Cam Hayes, who's probably their best three-point shooter, and and Jericho Helms. Uh, but I, you know, I think what they have that I I worry about is these teams that can spread out and have multiple guys score, like we saw with Syracuse, like we saw with Florida. These are the teams that cause Boston College problems, and I see the same thing happening with NC State. Um, it's it you know it's hard to pick Boston College in games like this until they show us that they can win these games, that they can show us that they can hold with an ACC team. Because we've seen them battling with teams. That's great. They battled Villanova. They battled Minnesota, which that loss looks a lot better every day now. But we haven't seen them being able to pull it off. And this game, again, you look at it on paper, and it's a team that could probably beat BC pretty easily. 
Now, until we see them do it, I'm going to pick NC State in this game. And I, as I said in the in the in the ad for Bet Online AG, with a nine and a half spread and a team that can lock down on defense and score points, I'm going double digits on this one. I think Boston College is going to struggle. This is not like I think BC is going to pull off a couple ACC wins. I don't think this is going to be like 2015 where they lose out the season. I just don't see it happening today. I don't see them beating NC State. So it's going to be another tough game for the Eagles. Um, but what do you think? You know, stop by um, the Facebook page or, you know, stop, stop by the stream that we're going to have tonight. If you head to facebook.com slash Boston College SI, I do a stream after every game. You can gripe. You can make jokes about the game. You can leave some insight. You get to hear what I have to say. We do this every game. So go to facebook.com backslash Boston College SI. Hit follow and you'll know when I go live. It's like this this podcast, but uh, it's live and uh, it's interactive with the audience. So I hope you guys will join me because it's usually a lot of fun. When we come back, we're going to talk about the number five and number six moments of 2020. Now, when I do these podcasts, I usually like to do it after dinner because I'm full and that is good because when I have to read a built bar ad or a built bar read, it, it makes it life a little easier. But now I have forgot to eat dinner and I'm reading about these built bars and it's making me starving because they sound so good. There's 18 flavors of chocolate covered goodness in these built bars. They are so good. Now listen to some of these flavors that built bar has. They have mint brownie, German chocolate, coconut almond, cherry barcia, and peanut butter brownie. They're soft and they're easy to chew. It's perfect. I could probably, I, I might, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to probably hit the pause button on this and eat one myself in just a moment because they're great for the health conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat and it's low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. It's perfect. Now listen to the flavor profile of the cookies and cream bar. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs. You got, you're not going to beat that. That's perfect. Now, we have a special offer with Built Bar. They're going to give you a free cooler with purchase. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. This is Locked On Boston College. Now, if you have a moment, you need to check out another Locked On uh, podcast that we have on the network, Locked On College Football. Now, every day as we get closer and closer to the National College Football Playoffs, they have guests, they have all sorts of hosts from the network talking about these games, talking about the bowl season, the matchups between Ohio State, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Clemson. You want to hear everything they have to say. So look up Locked On College Football wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now we are going to get into our top moments again. Yes, you know, we've gone over number seven, eight, and nine and ten. If you have not already heard what those moments are, you need to go back and listen to previous episodes. We'll be here, so make sure you go check those out. Now today, we're going to start off with number six, and that is the women's basketball run right before COVID-19. Now, if you hadn't paid attention, I said it before, we ch- we, ch- we had uh, another women's basketball moment with Emma Guy's winner against Notre Dame. That last couple of months for women's basketball was truly special. They played lights out basketball and made a huge run in the ACC tournament that led to Taylor Soul getting ACC's most improved player and coach Joanna McNamee becoming coach of the year in the ACC. This was a complete turnaround season for women's basketball. And those last couple months, 
they had some big wins. They beat 11 and 4, including some big wins in the ACC tournament against Clemson and Duke. And during the regular season, they had some wins as well against some good programs. Obviously, they had the two wins against Notre Dame, but they beat Clemson again. They beat Syracuse to end the season, and they also beat Miami. So there were some big games in uh, in that season. So 11-4, and four, that was a really special moment. And I know the women's basketball team doesn't get the respect they deserve. Um, you know, it, it really falls by the wayside. But this is a program, I think, that if they continue to play that way, they're going to catch some eyeballs because I think they're an exciting team and they just showed what they can do while the men's team was floundering and they weren't doing anything productive. The women's team were winning games. And when you win games, you're going to catch eyeballs. So my number six moment of the year is that women's basketball program and their end of the year run. Now, number five is not a game. It's the moment that Phil Jerkovic announced that he was going to transfer to Boston college now I had my sources. I knew he was going to do it before he announced it. And if you were a part, if you were a follower of the website, you knew I had that broken before he announced it officially. But Jakovic is a one of a kind quarterback that Boston College football had not seen since Matt Ryan, and he he's the type of caliber quarterback Boston College I don't think has ever seen in terms of you know he's a blue chip recruit. How often does Boston College get blue rec- chip recruits anywhere? Well, Jakovic. You know, um, Halfley took over the the team about three weeks before, early mid December, and he had you know just finished the season. Anthony Brown had declared that he was going to enter the transfer portal, and now we didn't know where Boston College was going to have their quarterback. Were they going to go with Corsell? Was there going to be someone else like Matt Valachi that they were going to end up with that was going to be their starting quarterback? It wasn't clear what they were going to do. Now, all of a sudden, these rumblings started coming up that Boston College was in the running for this Notre Dame transfer, and his name was Phil Dracovic. Now, I had been missaying his name for months because I called him Jer- Jerkovic, and I still continued that probably until August. Um, but he was a kid that you know was at Notre Dame. He was stuck behind Ian Book on the depth chart, but there was all this you know bubbling that this kid had a huge potential, and that you know he. Once he entered the transfer portal, it looked like he'd end up at a big program. You know, a school like, you know, Florida State or a school that, you know, had a big pedigree at quarterback. And where does he end up at Boston College? And the story goes that Jakovic met Jeff Halfley at the airport. He was picked up because he knew Frank Signetti. He was a Pittsburgh guy, just like Signetti. And they hit it off immediately when they went out to dinner. And by the next day, he was a Boston College Eagle. But this was a defining moment for this football program this year. Dracovic, obviously we saw what he was able to do, but the excitement around how this offense was going to click all of a sudden changed to a whole new level because we saw what Dracovic could do. You know, what he could be capable of doing. What, what we, we heard about some of the things that he could do. We heard about his arm strength, his, his mobility, the size of him. He's 6'5", 240 pounds. He's built like a freaking tight end. And now he's an eagle. And so now that was – this had humongous ramifications for the program. Now Jeff Halfley had his centerpiece. He had a quarterback that could take BC to the next level. And what we'll see later is he did exactly what we thought he would do. And there's this is not the last moment with Phil Dracovic because we have another moment. We have a few more moments with him that are going to make our list. It's, it's very Phil Dracovic heavy. So those are our high moments. 
And let's go with a low moment again, uh, because we're always going with the lows. And I, and it's going to be men's basketball again. And this was the announcement that Jim Christian was going to return. Uh, and the reasoning behind it made total sense. And I can't blame them. I know some people get mad at the administration, but the rationale may, is, is clear that they didn't know where this uh, COVID-19 pandemic was going to head and how many jobs could have been lost in the department. And it will look really bad if you had to spend millions of dollars on a buyout to send out Jim Christian. And I know people are going to say things about the, um, you know, the endowment and things like that, but that's not how it works. Um, you can't use the endowment to pay off a coach. This is not where, the way it works, but they could use the Flynn fund, but I, you know, the school had to kind of take a, a gamble here and it's, it's obviously not working now, but obviously the, 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 the highs that you we just talked about with Jakovic and, and Halfley, it bottomed out with that in terms of basketball, that the feeling when everyone heard that, that Christian was coming back, it was just it was a gut punch for a lot of the Boston College faithful. So that's our low moment uh, for this one. Now tomorrow we're going to be back. Uh, there was just some breaking news. Max Richardson's going to enter the NFL draft. We'll talk all about that tomorrow. We'll talk about the NC State game, and we'll have even more to talk about in terms of other things and top moments and low moments again. Again, this is AJ Black. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. You can check out our Twitter for the, the podcast at LockedOnBC. If you haven't done so already, if you're listening to this on Apple iTunes, biggest favor you could do to me is go in there and write a quick review. Say that AJ's great, that you love the podcast. Give us a five-star review. And then the next big thing, if even if you're not on Apple Podcasts, if you have a friend that you go to BC games with, if you have a friend that talks about BC with you, and I know they're out there, I know you have them, recommend this podcast to them. Say, hey, check out Lockdown Boston College. Here's the link. And that would be such a huge help because we're building up our audience. Our, our listenership went up 40% between November and December. And I want to keep building this. I want this to become the premier Boston College daily podcast that can't be beat anywhere on Twitter. I mean, on, on the podcast networks. So please, if you could, that would be a huge favor to me. And I appreciate you all. You guys are great. So I'll see you all again tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone. And take care.